Hello and welcome to the Firmly Founded Teen Podcast, where teens learn skills they just aren't teaching in schools. I'm your host, Joey Massio, teen life coach, public school teacher, and counselor. To start off this episode, let's read a review. This is our latest review from I Love Froggies. Joey is absolutely right about the value of the mind management and health of our children. As an educator with over 30 years of experience, I'm also concerned about how little we teach our kids and teens about the power of their brain. They are our future that doesn't know what it is capable of. Thank you, Joey, for your work and best of luck. Thank you so much, I Love Froggies. It means a lot that a fellow educator recognizes the importance of these skills. There totally needs to be a mandatory class in high school about this stuff. If you would like to have your review read on the show, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps the show get found by more people and helps more people learn these awesome concepts like the one I'm teaching today. So let's get into it. Episode 11, Negative Narrative. The following is based on a true story. Erica was utterly enamored with Stephen. She had developed a major crush on him this year. Jumping ahead a few pages, Erica couldn't contain it anymore. She had to tell someone. And it wasn't going to be Stephen. She wasn't ready for that. So, who else could she tell? Her best friend since kindergarten, Brittany. Brittany squealed with delight. I knew it, she said. You can't tell anyone. Promise, said Erica. Of course, of course, your secret is safe with me. And they spent the next hour talking about what their children might look like if Erica and Stephen ever got married. Skipping ahead a few pages, the next day, Erica was headed to math class. But before she went inside, she saw Brittany over with a group of girls talking. And all at once, they looked over at Erica, smiling and laughing. A few pages into the story, uh, during science class, Jason leans over to Erica and says, So, you have the hots for Steven, huh? Erica turns red with embarrassment. A few pages more, it's lunchtime. And the whole school knows. Erica storms up to Brittany. I can't believe you. You are the worst best friend ever. Brittany says, I didn't tell anyone, I promised. Liar, I saw you telling people, Brittany. I swear I didn't. Can you look me in the eyes and tell me you didn't talk to anyone about this? Brittany looks away. I I did, but they already knew. I didn't tell anyone but you because you were my best friend. Emphasis on were. And Erica walks away, tears in her eyes. Skimming through the rest of the pages, Erica is angry at Brittany and talks with Sarah, who confirms what a bad person Brittany is for doing that. Brittany is annoyed at Erica for believing everyone else and for talking to Sarah about their friendship. Erica starts denying hardcore that she has a crush on Stephen, so much so that she actually stops liking him, which is a shame because he actually had a crush on her. Brittany and Erica stop being best friends, And even if they make it through this, the relationship is never the same. The end. Man, drama. (laughs) This true story is based on, well, all of us. (laughs) We've all experienced something like this in our lives. Chances are one of those characters in that story can be based on you. Now, what's amazing is that we don't even need to know what happened in those pages I skipped. Our brain is really good at filling in gaps with what happened. It can look at evidence, look at the results, and write its own story. I mean, your brain totally did that, right? 
It was able to read between the lines, fill those blank pages with narrative. The cool thing is that the emotion you experienced during that story was driven by the narrative you filled in. Chances are most of you filled in the gaps in the story by saying that Brittany told people about Erica's crush. The more malicious Brittany was in her spilling the beans, the worse you felt. Meaning, if you filled in the blank pages with Brittany being a two-faced capital B, as she eagerly shared her friend's secret with a gossiping group of girls, you probably felt an intense level of disgust and hate. If the story your brain went to was Brittany probably letting it accidentally slip, but then joined in on poking fun at Erica, then you probably felt slightly better emotions of shock, annoyance, and distrust. Now, did any of you fill in the blank pages with positive narrative? A story that gave Brittany the benefit of the doubt, that didn't make her the villain. If you did, you felt a different set of emotions. And if you did, you were actually closer to the truth that this story is based on. What actually happened in the blank pages is this. Brittany did not tell anyone about Erica's crush. When she was with a group of girls pointing towards Erica, they were actually making fun of Mr. Anderson, the math teacher, who was wearing a spinning propeller hat for Funny Hat Day. Erica's secret got out back before she even told Brittany about her crush, when she was so consumed by her thoughts of Stephen that she doodled Erica plus Stephen in a heart on her notes during language arts. She didn't think anyone saw it, but Jason did. From there, the rumor reached a few other people, including Marlene, who asked Brittany about it a day after Erica told her. Brittany didn't do a good job at holding back her shock that someone else knew, and that all but confirmed it for Marlene. And Brittany pleaded with her not to tell anyone, but but Marlene is not exactly a person known for keeping secrets. And that's how it got out. Now, the truth of what happens is nearly irrelevant, because we are driven more by the narratives we make up than the few facts we have at our disposal. Our brain is always trying to make sense of things, figure out the puzzle, put things into an organized structure that we can easily comprehend, a story that we can make sense of. We do this in lots of areas in our lives. We take a few pieces of information and we fill in the rest to piece it all together, to paint a picture based on a couple of existing brushstrokes and half of a color palette. And that makes all the difference in how we perceive the world around us. It shapes our experiences, what we think of other people, and how we show up in life. The purpose of this episode is to get you to look at your brain and see what types of stories it usually writes. Is your brain filling blank pages with negative narrative? There are three areas I want you to think about. These three areas are the places we most often fill in blank pages with negative narrative. First, with enemy actions. When someone, whether they are someone we view as an enemy or someone else who does something to us that we feel is in enemy territory, we tend to fill in their reasons and motivations for doing it with negative narrative. It can look like this. Billy doesn't show up for your party, so you assume it's because he thinks your parties are lame. Nancy gives you a weird look and you assume it's because she hates your guts. Paul spreads a rumor about you. You assume it's because he wants to hurt you. Adults do this all the time too, especially in politics. The other political party voted for this or did that. So the first political party assumes it's because the other party wants to abolish freedom or hates a group of people. Co-workers say this or make that noise while you're talking, and you assume it's because they think poorly of you. 
This literally just happened to me this week. I'm on a video call with other teachers in my school, and I'm talking about a brand new class I was able to get approved for next year. One teacher who I often view as taking enemy actions shook her head and rolled her eyes in disgust. Like she didn't know I could see her face right here on my screen. All right. The first narrative I filled in for her blank pages was super negative. She doesn't think I deserve the class. Uh, she doesn't think I can do a good job. That She thinks that she should get a new class before me, that my class isn't important. My brain wrote so many negative reasons for her perceived enemy action. But the thing is, I don't know why she shook her head. I may never know why. And one day, even if she tells me, I don't think you should have that class I still don't know what's fully going on in her head. So what makes me feel the best is to fill in all those blank pages about her with positive narrative. Now, your brain may be saying, but what if that's not even true? Aren't you just lying to yourself and making things up? Well, chances are both narratives have some false things to them and have some truth to them. So why focus on the one that makes you feel the worst? Your brain might also say, but aren't you leaving yourself open to be attacked or taken advantage of? First off, tell your brain to go listen to my last podcast episode, episode 10, how not to get walked on. And second, I feel more vulnerable and taken advantage of when I am stewing in negative emotions about what someone else might be thinking or might be doing. The next area we fill in blank pages with negative narrative is better people. This one's a little different because we actually use positive narrative to lift other people up, and then in turn, it brings us down. This happens a lot on social media. You see someone, a friend or a celebrity, and you see how many followers they have, how many likes they get, or the fun things they're doing in their videos or pictures, and we use just those small little pieces of of info to build a story about them that their life is great, it's fun, it's amazing, it's epic, nothing goes wrong, they have everything they could ever want, and I don't. And it's interesting because those little snippets of info we get on social media, it has to be the equivalent of reading two sentences in a chapter and making up the rest of the book. If we were just seeing their feed and thinking, well, how great for them that they got a brand new jacket for their birthday, then that would be one thing but it's the negative narrative we write about ourselves in response that gets us. We just don't do it on social media either, right? But everywhere, really. I mean, I guess now with the quarantine, it's mostly virtual, but there has been and there will be times that you see other people at school winning games for their sports team, acing tests, hanging out with lots of friends, getting awards, and your brain wants to write a clear story of their life being all sunshine and daisies but it's not. It's complicated, full of ups and downs, positive and negatives, just like yours. Don't spend time writing narrative that elevates someone else above you. The last area we fill blank pages with negative narrative is the future. This is usually in the form of worry, stress, or anxiety. Whenever you have a bleak outlook on the future, you are filling blank pages with negative narrative. Every single time. Because that cliche line that says, who knows what the future will bring, is true. No one knows. At all times, we have but loose data on the future, and we look at it and determine if it's something to look forward to or not, if it will be happy or lame. 
but our outlook on the future is 99% story and 1% fact. Take this pandemic, for example. Next year, we have no idea what school is going to look like. Will it go on as normal, be all distance learning, or a hybrid? We have very little facts on the matter, but your brain probably has pages of narrative that it has written on the future. A bunch of if-then statements. If there is no school, then my senior year will be ruined. If things don't go back to normal, then I'm not going to have as much fun. But we know none of those things. And even if they announce distance learning will continue next year, that is only one line in your story, and you get to write the rest. So investigate your brain, especially when it's thinking about those three areas, enemy actions, better people, and the future. If it's filling up blank pages with negative narrative, then make it change direction. That's fully in your power to do. And it will have crazy cool consequences in your life, from how you feel to how you'll show up in every area. Because the truth is, life is rarely a simple, clear-cut story with one through line of narrative. People aren't like fictional characters in typical TV shows and movies with one motive. Other people's lives aren't better or worse than ours. The future is never bleak or worrisome by necessity. Most of our lives are blank pages that we fill ourselves. Other people and circumstances add very little to our tale. We do the majority of the writing. So, since the pages are empty and the pen is in our hands, we might as well write the story that will do us the most good. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions or need help stopping your brain from writing negative narrative in any area of your life, then get your parents, head over to firmlyfounded.com and sign up for a free 30-minute coaching workshop with me. It's amazing and 30 minutes can change the next 30 years of your life for the better.